Gaza's natural history for the soul, in the sense that uh, it has uh, uh, it has the potential of a powerful explosion in the human soul. All right. Uh, with that in mind, uh, here is a man who did remote viewing for the U.S. military and now does it uh, in civilian life uh, for a company, his company, called SciTech. And he has been a guest on this program many times. Here is Major Ed Dames. Major, welcome to the program. Oh, Art and Father Martin, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Major, you've no idea. I've looked forward to this very much. Uh, uh, what Art made me his complete slave by promising that I would be able to talk. Uh-huh. Really, <laughs> the two of us, I hope you have the same key for the ball uh, around our foot. <laughs> yes, we have. Well, tell me this. Um, I feel like follow my leader in this matter because um, I'm purely and simply a... Uh, a non-technician as regards psychiatry or psychology or therapy or anything like that. I'd like to share some of my own experiences. I'd like to do the, uh, the area of remote viewing and spirituality. Yes. I, uh, be, let me give you just a little background about myself as sure. a military officer and later on if you have any questions about uh, my uh, religious background we can get yes, into sure. that. <clears throat> uh, I was the, both the operations and the training officer or these techniques that are referred to as remote viewing. My company refers to them as technical remote viewing, which are a very uh, precise way of extracting details about a, a target, a, a person, place, thing, or event. And I essentially civilianized uh, the company. I took the best members of the military team and now employ them as consultants in my company. And I teach civilians how to do this. And uh, so it's now my, my vocation. Uh, we work as a team against uh, uh, very significant types of targets. For instance, uh, the FBI's Unabomber or the TWA Flight 800 disaster yes. to attempt to pinpoint the locations of people and things in that regard. Uh, when these techniques were first used within the Pentagon, they were construed by many uh, senior officers to be associated with the occult, as you might guess, uh, yes. and, and probably have heard about. My mentor lives uh, in, in uh, New York City, Ingo Swan, and uh, you may or may not have uh, ever met him. No, not many, but I've heard about him. He himself wondered when he discovered the breakthrough techniques that we used <clears throat> prior to the techniques that we used, only natural psychics very gifted individuals could be utilized for military intelligence collection missions prior to his breakthrough. But he himself, when he developed these techniques, wondered, wondered aloud to me whether or not these were uh, associated with something that was dark or the shadow. He he himself was concerned about this. He was concerned. He was concerned, yes. And so that was the beginning of my concerns uh, also. Yes. And uh, we were a human use team. There was a, was a board that watched, uh, ostensibly watched us to see if there would be any deleterious effects on our yes. Uh, psyches yes. Yes. during the use and the application of these techniques. It was an experimental team. <laughs> well, the board was not that effective. And in fact, uh, what, what happened was we found that in cases where individuals were already mentally unbalanced, uh, we did run into some serious problems. We still experience that today. You still experience that? Yes, yes we do. If, if I attempt to teach someone how to open one's mind up, I'll yes. use a, a loose, loose term, 
then, and they are not a balanced individual, emotionally or mentally stable, we do run into serious problems. And if if that is if, if partially what you are alluding to as nitroglycerin for the soul, yes. then then you are correct in that regard. Yes. However, for individuals that are balanced, yes. they can uh, perceive many many things, including turning this this light onto the very deepest, darkest, scariest aspect of all their own minds. Mm-hmm. And if they if, if if they have the courage to look. They can uh, they can achieve a great leaps in spirituality yep. if they choose. But uh, to get back to the subject at hand, I I have noticed on the part of my seniors, including a, a major general, a two-star general, yes. and a very high uh, uh, intelligence executive, yes. that remote viewing these techniques became replacements for religion. Yes. These were in the uh, these were. Uh, people who were uh, in their 50s and 60s who essentially were men without gods. It was a spiritual vacuum in their lives. And when these techniques became available to them, either as utilizers or as practitioners, they completely lost their balance and perspective. In what sense, uh, lose their balance and perspective? Religious? Actually, in the sense of a whole body, in both uh, mental and emotional. Oh, really? This became almost an end-all. It became more than a passion in our lives, the answers to all questions, uh, not only a means to an end, but an end itself. itself. Almost as if they felt empowered by this absolute knowledge. Yeah, and um, that's what you referred to when you said uh, a, a decrease in balance. They lost their stability. They stability, could not yeah. function in a balanced way. It was noticed by all around them. And these were people who were in positions of, of authority uh, and, res- and great responsibility. Was, it, was that uh, was the, or the imbalance to the point that they had to be relieved of their authority? That is correct. Uh-huh. They were that's important. including that's my commanding general. Uh, that's very important because, my God, without an authority, stable authority, no, no, no achievement is possible. No. Uh, very interesting. Uh, I find all that utterly fascinating, uh, Major. Let me not interrupt you. You go on, please. Well, I think there's some other things that, that you would like to know. Yes. Uh, what I would like to tell you some of the things that this has done for me personally. Yes. Uh, Could, would you share that with me? I, I would be glad to. Uh, I no longer am, uh, I no longer require, I feel I do not require faith. Yes. I'm no longer what one would call a man of faith. Yes. And that is because I don't I don't feel that I need faith anymore. I have absolute trust now. Yeah. It's uh it, it I've reached the point by looking at certain nooks and crannies yeah. spiritually with yeah. the techniques that I employ and have learned yeah. that I'm so trusting. I it's when you can see things around you, perceive things around you that are divine and demonic and put them in their places, their respective places. Yes. then there are no dark areas. The yes. darkest areas are within our own Therefore, mind. there's no need of faith, you conclude. I'm sorry? Therefore, that, you conclude that, there's no need for faith. That, personally, only yes. uh, personally, Father. Of I, course, I, I, know, I know what you're saying is. And I'm, I, I, I'm quite sure that you would uh, not only take exception to that, but you could give me some good cases. No, 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 take, not. no take exception, I don't, Ed. I have no sort of horror or sudden say, oh, my God. 
and I've no reaction like that. I'm just fascinated by it all for the moment. Well, and, and uh, some other experiences. Individuals who feel presences around them or with, or ostensibly within them. Yes. What these techniques can do, and they are difficult to, uh, to work. It takes approximately 45 minutes of pen on paper with a disciplined remote viewer to yes. gain any information whatsoever. And it takes many more uh, hours seen uh, a, a good pattern of what we are dealing with, but its yeah. patterns are accurate. We're able to take that information and determine if, if, for instance, a presence is angelic, demonic, or somewhere in between, something like a diva or an ele elemental, uh, all of the various sort and sundries of both religious realities or created beings mm -hmm. and material or semi-material beings and their intents. Uh, and, and that is a very, very useful uh, tool for a modern age where there's so, so much obfuscation. It, uh, it can make life uh, complex, interesting, and, and a, but in certain regards, quite simple. And it can, can't it also solve a lot of problems that people go, with which people go to psychiatrists and, and psychologists? It, it can indeed. In fact, I listened to part of uh, one of your programs on Art Show. And I thought if I would if I would be with Father Martin during one of his exorcisms, I yes. could assist greatly by by uh, using these methods and techniques, especially employed as a team because we yes. do medical diagnostics, yes. to determine whether or not you would you would uh, of course endorse these is another question yes. endorse these techniques, but to determine what we are dealing with, whether it's a psychological trauma, the source of that trauma. Was it a multiple trauma? Or was it trauma over over a long period of time? Or are we dealing with an attachment or attachment? And what are the, what is the nature of that? How affixed are they? And at what point do they depart? These are things that you already are, uh, know. You can recognize those, I'm sure. Of course. That, that would be a very interesting collaboration, Ed. It really would. It's a marvelous collaboration. It really would. Well, itself, objectively, just without considering anything else, because there are other implications also. Uh, but anyway, let me not interrupt you. Go on, please. No, I don't have your experience in these matters, but I do have experience in discerning and shining a light on these these the, these dark agencies. And they hate the light. They are very... They do. Uh, they do. They what do. I have found is, uh, uh, in fact, many masquerade as angelic beings. Or, uh -huh. uh, Angels of light, as Paul would call them. Uh, what, what did Paul well, St. Paul said that uh, uh, Lucifer can transform himself into an angel of light if, in order to deceive the, the, the believer. I, I see. And, uh, it's a phrase, an angel of light. In fact, when uh, in the early days when I researched many ways that we could use uh, occult, formerly uh, uh, heretofore the appellation was the occult, occult techniques as intelligence collection yeah. tools, when yeah. I looked directly into the eyes of someone who was channeling something, you could see uh, you could see certain things. And I could see that I was being lied to. Uh -huh. I could see uh -huh. that I was being told everything I wanted to be told. And in, in subsequent <laughs> I'm laughing years, it's so accurate. Yes. And in subsequent years, uh, uh, after learning these techniques, I was able to really gain a complete uh, appreciation for what these attachments were, the nature of them. And that became quite uh, fascinating. And uh, they are desperate to maintain that attachment, as you already uh, know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I found that out as a, attempting to, to research them, research these phenomena, various occult phenomena, as intelligence collection tools, of all things, as mm -hmm. 
No, 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 no. It's a, uh, the, the connection is an obvious one to make. Uh, I can see it immediately. It's well, useful in the field of intelligence. It, uh, we did not know. We had to, we had to uh, uh, look at that. But that exposure, that exposure to, to the knowledge, to the light of truth and awareness, um, uh, it essentially drives away many of these shadowy forces. And it, uh, when people who have been, I'll say, plagued all their life by fear that there's something following me or something yes. around me, yes. sometimes what we have found, what I have found in my work, is that thing, that so-called shadowy agent that has been tailing a person throughout his or her life yes. may sometimes be angelic in nature oh. and not demonic. And someone has been afraid. What did you say? Yes, uh, can be angelic, and then you add in a sentence that I didn't catch. And, and not demonic. Uh, not demonic, that's in right. In some cases, the person has been afraid of something that has been a, a loving... A, 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 a benign. Krieger, uh, well, more than benign, uh, sometimes very uh, 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 very uh, uh, loving and uh, very... Positively uh, uh, working for them. Yes. Yes, and they were very difficult, but with these techniques used correctly, and they are very difficult to use correctly. Oh, I'm they sure they are. They high degrees of training. Um, and yeah. it's a delicate operation anyway. It's a delicate, but it's re uh, repeatable, and the procedures are standardized. <laughs> they just Great. need to use professional, their professional tools. Yeah. But that, what I wanted also to say is the connection with, with God does not go away during the process of remote viewing. One's soul is not lost. It's, if your soul is already lost or saved, uh, regardless of, 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 of using these techniques, the connection is still there, and you take it with you when you go into this almost, a, it used to be an altered state. That was quite a different modality. But here, one simply turns their attention to, some, to, to an idea. I'll use that roughly. So one one's attention is half focused upon uh, writing down information on a piece of paper, and half focused on something uh, that is in, for lack of a better word, uh, one's collective unconscious. There are technical terms. Yes, let's stipulate we can use that phrase. It's a, it, it has to be defined further, uh, ultimately. But Father, it has been the downfall of a number of people. I've seen it myself. Oh, I know it has. And, and yet it's given me, uh, it's given me more than I could possibly, it's given me answers to, to many different things, and it's allowed me, most of all, when I wanted to give back the gift, when, when I wanted to serve, I prayed for about six months to make sure, I, that I knew I, I, I couldn't return the gift that I had been given, of course the answers to all questions. Of course not. Well, I was too naive to know that. Every time I tried to return a gift, I had received dump trucks of gifts back. So I changed my strategy and just asked to serve. And I, and what this tool allowed me to do was to precisely determine, well, it took about six months, actually, to make sure I was correct, how, how to serve, and how to serve my God. And that's what this tool gave me, the precise uh, details of what to do how to serve rather than a, just a general sense. And that's why I, one of the reasons I'm so grateful to, uh, to, to English one. And indeed, uh, uh, let me add in, uh, we all should be grateful that such a thing, because in, in theological terms, Ed, what you're talking about is a charism. It really is. It's a gift. It's uh, an ability given you. 
and um, uh, I still don't want to interrupt you because you have a lot more to say on this matter. Uh, I just want to add this one thing or say this one thing, and uh, it's this, that this is a very precise, well-intentioned, uh, nobly-intentioned uh, effort on your part or, or, or performance. You're not doing it for self-glorification, and you're not doing it for self-advantage. Uh, you primarily, you use the word serve, S-E-R-V-E, which is very angelic, by the way. Uh, Father, I'm going to have to interrupt. Uh, sure. and I'm going to let you continue with this uh, when we get back in a moment. From a spiritual perspective, you would think, indeed, the odd couple. But maybe not. We're going to find out. Uh, back now to Dr. Malachi Martin and uh, Major Ed Dames. And, uh, Dr. Martin, I wanted to let you finish what you had started uh, saying and then perhaps explain to us, if you would, why you think uh, remote viewing is nitroglycerin for the soul. Yeah, I will. Hello, is Ed there? I, I'm here, Father Mark. All right. The, um, I, feel, uh, I, I feel really funny. I should call you Major Ed. Ed. Oh, please call me Ed. Uh, because, uh, but anyway, let's get over that for the moment. The, the, uh, the original statement I made when I was with us the last time about uh, this being natural listen for the soul, because, uh, and uh, I think you, you might even understand this, uh, as I do understand it, it is, if it's not done with the proper motivation and not done, as it were, scientifically, that is, with, uh, with the proper methods, and checks and balances, it can disrupt uh, the soul, it can blow it up, it can cause an explosion in it. We, from my side, from the point of view of exorcism, that's when I say we, I really mean that, those engaged in this work, uh, found that those who did remote viewing or channeling uh, without any of those safeguards that you just described, um, that they underwent uh, very severe disturbances uh, uh, and disruptions of their personality, their normal persona. And they also had uh, manifestations that could only be explained uh, in the light of uh, Luciferian intervention in human things. Uh, the theory or the belief behind it uh, is that uh, there is the supernatural order, and there is the natural order. The natural order is what you what you see, the flesh and bones and blood and earth and metal around us and wood and material things. And then there's the supernatural order, which is the existence of God and uh, all that belongs to God. And in between, there's what we call the middle plateau. And it's on that plateau that these powers can be exercised, the powers of the soul that apparently... Uh, can be sharpened and uh, developed. And my language is pre-scientific and pre-medical and pre-psychiatric, and you'll appreciate that, because I don't even purport to be a psychiatrist or a therapist uh, of any kind. I'm just an exorcist and a priest. Um, now, uh, when I said it was the natural listen of the soul, I meant when uh, somebody enters or tries to enter the middle plateau, and deal with such powers and faculties and develop them without the proper intention or the proper controls and checks and balances. And uh, the, the phenomena that took 
place that take place that takes place in people who do that are those that attract us as a group of exorcists and uh, that demand or require from our point of view require the attention that we bestow on it with formal exorcism as such now the one more thing I want to add in just as a pabulum, as material for talk, for good discussion is this, that the difficulty is that the supernatural, as Christians conceive it, and still conceive it, is totally unimaginable. Uh, there is no human concept, uh, and therefore no human word that can describe it, um, number one. And number two, it is imperceptible to a man without a special grace from God. Uh, he can't even perceive it. So much so that if a man uh, has not got faith, he just can't imagine it. If he loses faith, uh, he, he does not know he's lost it, because if he knew he lost it, he'd have it back. The mere fact of knowing you've lost it is a perception itself belonging to faith. It's complicated as a concept, but that's the reality we have found. Now, uh, the only practical application outside of religious peace and a calm from people who come for exorcism, the only practical example was, uh, strangely enough, for some army officers, uh, uh, purely as private citizens, who came for help because they had delved into the Middle Plateau and um, came away very disturbed. Uh, uh, then there are the normal people uh, who use Ouija boards or who use remote channeling or uh, remote viewing, and they entered an area where they were subject to terrible onslaughts from an angel of light, uh, in that technical sense of the angel of light, and the only succor we could give them was precisely um, through these ceremonies, uh, which are not therapies at all, because uh, an exorcism is not a... Is not a it's not a therapy, it's a confrontation. Um, that may not throw much light, but it will explain to you why I called it the natural discipline of the soul. And uh, everything else is absolutely uh, uh, enlightening for me that you've said, and I presume into the hopper of all those ideas, as, as the expression goes, uh, would go the entire question of the Greenbaum programming and um, the uh, summation that somebody like... Um, uh, what's his name, Corey Hammond, uh, drew up for the American Psychiatric Association for NPD uh, the whole idea of uh, of the program. Uh, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I, I do. Um, just one comment, and I, I, I am uh, familiar somewhat with the with uh, operationally with the idea of the middle plateau. Yes, yes. Um, um, channeling. There are of the more that we have found one uh, gives up one's own identity. Yeah. It, let me go back to an operational perspective again. And, uh, I, I want to emphasize that this was, this evolved, the techniques I used as a military intelligence gathering tool. And uh, that's important. It, it is. When we looked at, at, uh, at, the, at the phenomenon of channeling, I already mentioned some of the characteristics that uh, I behavioral characteristics that, that I observed, um, it, it became very evident to me operationally that channelers never took responsibility for their work or their lack of success or their lack of detail. It was always, well, it was somebody else's 
Manny Moe or Jack that did that, and it's not my fault that the information is incorrect. That was an interesting thing. Another, uh, the most interesting aspect was, of course, that the channeler gives up one's own identity, turns their, their, their identity over to something unknown, something that has convinced them that it's benign in most cases. That is very, very, very important. That's where the nitroglycerin aspect comes in. And uh, that is, is the essence of channeling. But technical remote viewing is, is essentially a mind tool where we are fully conscious and fully awake, even in the early days of, of the programs where uh, the natural psychics in the Army were employed for intelligence collection purposes. That was an altered state, and there were some dangers in an altered state. When we would send, I use that term loosely, yes. an, a, an officer to a remote location, there were instances where uh, in navigating that middle plateau, where these people were subject to, to, to great uh, angst because they ran into other entities, so uh -huh. to speak, on the way. Uh-huh. And because, uh, and this caused uh, uh, a tremendous amount of, of, uh, of grief. Uh, we, we, we actually had uh, two individuals have heart attacks. Uh-huh. Uh, and and employing these techniques. Not surprising. It's, it's very, it was very uh, uh, non-plussing to, to <laughs> I would say so. Those of us in the unit. And it so, we settled on to these mind techniques rather than mind-body techniques. Yes. It became, um, uh, indeed, when used correctly, and uh, they they became uh, almost a, a, a library card to essentially mm -hmm. just an, an endless amount of information. Yes. One can do with that information what one chooses to do, act exactly. in any way one chooses to do upon the information, but exactly. nevertheless it's there uh, to be downloaded. Sometimes, as in the case of at least one of my former students, and in the case of uh, a, an, another army officer who has recently authored the book, these people started to lean towards association with the very entities that they discovered in the middle plateau. And so it became a quad, they began to engage in what one could term a quasi-channeling behavior. Uh -huh. Well, quasi-channeling is as good as channeling. Once you have something has of its course. hook in you, you're it's got its hook in you, and you may be uh, of in the shadows, but, but it's got you. That's right. And uh, that that is why one sees, uh, uh, begins to see a, uh, a behavioral change. Uh, frenetic, one, these individuals become frenetic, lose their balance, make statements that appear incoherent. Yeah. And as you well know, and, and that is one, that kind of behavioral change is a red flag. Something has happened. Yes, that's right. Something has happened. All right. That, have you identified what that happening was? What did happen? Or have you any... Yes, yes, we, have. we studied it, uh, uh, actually. And it, it, in, in the terms of basic psychology 101, uh, yes. the hook has been, the hook is in the individual's ego. Uh, Ego has completely uh, been hooked, and the psyche is, is the, the hook is in the ego, and the psyche is being pulled along. Left it is entailed. Yep, it's entailed, as we say. And uh, that's a very good description of, uh, of the process. We've had to study it long and hard and use uh, models in order to, to discern when we're on dangerous turf. Uh -huh. 
And the further we cross over into giving up our own uh, decision-making ability, because that's all we really—that's all we really have—is our mind, and our mind is where we begin yeah. the, yeah. the basis for the formation of whether or not our soul survives. That's right. If we forsake that, we forsake the the very essence of it. I, I agree. And and when these individuals start to give up their their decision-making ability and turn their minds over to something else, I or it becomes their minds become completely imbued with ego. Can I stop you there and ask you a question which is permanent, uh, pertinent? Of course. 
you said that you no longer need faith. Uh, uh-huh. Now, you, you see where I'm going. I, uh, I, not essentially, but what I said was I, I feel that it's, it's, uh, I, I have absolute trust now. That's right. But faith, therefore, in, in, on your lips meant something else other than what I mean by faith. Because, obviously, if you do um, depend on angelic protection and divine protection, you have what, in classical terms, would be called religious faith. Do you understand me? Yes, I do. Um, but, but it's not so... Uh, uh, I, I have no words to describe this, but uh, it is one... You've made several acts of what would be called theological faith throughout your entire discussion of this. And you have a, 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 a certain almost childlike dependence on their protection yeah, to preserve you because that's why you venture into this field um, unafraid in that sense. You, are, you have certain fears or, or uh, you, you take care of certain things out of respect for your enemy or for the things that could deceive you. What, what I meant was uh, by that was that I can perceive what, uh, what these things are. That's they right. are all the, and, and, and in the past when I was a young man before I was uh, exposed and imbued and learned to be a professional in the technique that I used, I did not know what these were. And uh, then I needed what I called, in my classical terms, faith. I had to rely upon a higher power, you know, my God, to protect me from, these dark, from, from the darkness. But now I can see into the darkness. I can shine this light in there and see, aha! Over here is this, over there is that. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. essentially what I mean. That, that was enlightenment. You, you still have that dependence on protection, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, you see, that, that's the, the... Now, I only want to introduce a thing which I've talked about before, which I, I can never put exactly. It is the supernatural. Uh, the, the supernatural is the, by essence, in, in the Christian tradition and in the Jewish tradition, too. But uh, since I'm a Christian, I better speak authoritatively only about that. The, the, this idea of the supernatural is uh, is disturbing in one sense, but consoling in another sense, because the Christian idea is that the supernatural itself is totally alien to human nature, but has come to human nature to elevate it, uh, and therefore to protect it in this uh, in this field, especially in this field, but in the normal field of human behavior too. But it, that it's alien to it, in the sense that I myself cannot, of myself, just with my human powers, attain the wisdom I need in order to avoid uh, collision and damage and and uh, harm. Uh, that's the idea of the supernatural in Christianity. Doctor, may I ask you this? Sure. Could Ed's understanding or um, enlightenment yes. protect him against possession? It could, given merely the words he has used and the phrases he has used and what he has said, I find no trace of the things that betray uh, the innate weakness of vanity or pride or self-reliance. Um, I find a godliness in it, uh, and that is one of the keys to it. Uh, he should be protected against it because the grace of the supernatural grace is there. 
and all, all I'm doing is saying that uh, that has been with him apparently all along because he, he started his own career as a young man and then getting into the, the dark corners and getting the light to see uh, the lurking dangers that were there uh, be, to be able to, de to detect an angel of light which is really the, the shadow itself uh, pretending to, to trying to deceive him so yes the answer is yes uh, he he can do that with impunity um, uh, but, but then that would mean that if, if I were to be fully and completely uh, thorough in that, in that answer I'd have to sit down with Ed and say to him alright now tell me uh, how you pray and how you think and how you behave and how you live oh. and your morality and I have no intention of doing that to him because he wouldn't do it to me in public anyway alright um, Ed uh, do you want to hang on a little bit longer uh, it's up, I'm, I'm digging in Father Martin's time, and uh, I can hang in for another 30 minutes. All right, why don't we do another another 30 minutes, Father? Thank you for listening. They will be back in the next session.